This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Hi, I'm Julia Drake with KWHS, and I'm happy to be here in Redwood City, California, speaking with Nick Halla, Chief Strategy Officer of Impossible Foods, the creator of the Impossible Burger. Nick, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So can you share with us the history and the purpose of Impossible Foods? So what is the company all about? Yeah, so we started uh, six years ago in 2011, really looking at the food system and trying to find a better way to produce the foods that we love today. If we look at uh, how much, how big of environmental impact that there is really behind our food system today and really behind the way we use animals as a technology to produce food, if we want to keep eating the meats, dairies, and fish products we love, we have to produce them a better way. So what we did at Impossible Foods is start looking at the fundamentals of really what makes meat, fish, dairy what they are, and then looking in the plant-based world to find simple solutions for how we can recreate those experiences that we love to make delicious products that chefs can use. So you talk about transforming the global food system. Why do we even need to invent a better way to make the foods that we love? So today, when we look at animals as a food production system, a thousand years ago it made a lot of sense. But as we've added more and more people onto the planet, the impact behind that system has become very, very large. So today, more than 30% of the world's land surface is dedicated to animal farming. More than 25% of all fresh water is used for that. And it's more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined. And when the UN Food and Agriculture Organization predicts that it's going to increase 70% by 2050, it really just doesn't work to use the same system we do today to help feed people delicious foods that they love. Um, But if we look at it from a technology standpoint, um, what cows are great at doing are producing foods that people like, but they're very inefficient. So for every 33 grams of protein that go into a beef cow, we consume one out uh, in meat. And so if we go to the plants, we can take a 3% efficient technology and make it much better. And we could feed the world in 2050 with a tiny fraction of the environmental impact we have. So I have to admit, I've never actually tried an Impossible Burger. Well, we'll have to make that change. (laughs) Yes, yes. Though I've heard it tastes like the real thing. So what is involved in the process of creating a new product like that? Uh, We spent the first two years really developing a new platform for how how to make food. Um, as our, our founder, Patrick, Dr. Patrick Brown from Stanford, had spent 25 years as a medical researcher. And we applied a lot of the things that he had done in research for how to really look at food. So we'll take an example for the Impossible Burger that you'll definitely need to go try soon. <laughs> yes. um, we looked at really what makes, gives it the properties that it has. Why is all that flavor generated when you put it on the grill? Why does it turn from something soft and malleable you can make into tartare, a meatball, or a burger, and then change properties as it cooks? When we understood those fundamentals, then we'd look in the plant-based world and how to recreate and pick those pieces out. So we built a team within the first two years, about 50 scientists really looking into this problem. And an example of how this works is when we started looking at flavor and aroma, we learned that there's one protein that drives almost all the flavor of meat, whether you're chicken, um, pork, or beef. It's a protein called myoglobin, and it's a heme protein. And uh, heme is uh, in plants, animals, and really in anything that, um, any part of life. And so we looked in the plant-based world and found a heme protein called legume hemoglobin. It drives all the same chemistry as you cook. So when you use the Impossible Burger and why it tastes like meat, it's because all the same chemistry happens 
to our Impossible Burger as happens with uh, meat made from an animal. So what are your responsibilities as Chief Strategy Officer? So as you can imagine, as a small team over the last six years that we've been growing, it's been pretty much anything and everything over time. Mm -hmm. As we've grown now, we want to focus a lot on what our big mission is. Uh, th this industry is massive and people want more and more food as middle classes rise and the population continues to grow. So a lot of my role is focused on, from a strategy standpoint, how can we accelerate delivering more and more products to people here in the U.S., worldwide, what are the next products, and how do we really build the business to have the impact worldwide that we want to. And where do you think the plant-based food movement is headed in the future? I think it's going to continue to grow, and it's going to grow really quickly. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was on a panel talking about the future of food. And you look at uh, food today compared to even what it was 100 years ago, there's been a lot of changes. And now five years ago until today, there's a lot of changes. Uh, there were, we're in you know, San Francisco right now. Uh, five years ago, there, were very, there was very little talk about what we could do from an innovation standpoint in food. In my background, I grew up on a dairy farm. I worked at General Mills designing uh, new products and manufacturing systems. And what I saw in those industries was really slow moving. Uh, when I came out to San Francisco, I was looking to get into energy because renewables were where things were happening. But now people really around the world are realizing that there's so much opportunity for food to become much better from an affordability standpoint, nutritional standpoint, health, and really even the properties of what we love. And so I think there's going to be more and more innovation going into food and the opportunities and options for consumers and what they can, what they can actually purchase in restaurants and grocery stores and even directly to their home is going to multiply very quickly. Thank you so much. You're welcome. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.